It's been nearly one year since the president signed three executive orders designed to limit collective bargaining. A federal district court overturned much of those EOs, and the Trump administration is appealing that decision. But whatever happens in court, the executive orders may have already had their intended effect. The American Federation of Government Employees, for one, says it'll fight new bargaining proposals from the Department of Veterans Affairs. Federal News Network's Nicole Grisco joins me now to discuss these and other developments. And, Nicole, let's start with the VA. What is going on there? What's new in their bargaining proposals? Well, they're 331 pages long, so where to start? But the proposals came from VA about a week ago. They are vastly different than the current collective bargaining agreement that the department has with the American Federation of Government Employees. And they're different because they actually eliminate 28 articles of the existing agreement. And that basically means that the union can't bargain over a variety of things, things like telework, relocations, temporary reassignments, promotions, other things like that. They've actually mostly been deleted or slightly tweaked. Telework is one of those things that's been slightly tweaked. And what's interesting is the department says, well, we're not making a determination on how many days an employee needs to be in the office. But then they say, well, we have an expectation that you're in the office for four days a week, which before in the previous agreement, there was no specific day number in the existing contract. The other interesting thing is official time is cut by almost 90 percent. So they had VA once had a or spent about, I guess, about over a million hours of official time in fiscal 2016. And that's the most recent information that we have. This proposal suggests cutting those hours to 10,000 hours per year, which for a bargaining unit of 250,000 employees is going to make things difficult. Yes. If a person works on an average of 2000 hours a year, then you can only have five person years devoted to all of that union activity versus, I guess, 20 or 50 union uh, man years. And I guess earlier when that proposal came out, a couple of the bargaining unit leaders here and there said they'd have to retire. And that's happening at VA. And what's also happening is that some of them are working on nights and weekends to resolve some of these issues. What's interesting is that VA already cut official time for medical professions back in 2018. And AFGE came out and and said it straight away. You know, this has had an impact on our union and we need to recruit new people to work only on this business. And they said that they've been struggling to do that. The proposals also prevent AFGE from using VA office space, supplies and things like that. The reason why I bring all of this up is you say, okay, well, weren't a lot of those proposals in the executive orders that were overturned by the federal district court? And the answer is yes. And I think what we're seeing here is that the EOs really just gave agencies ideas for what to propose. And so now AFGE and VA will spend almost 18 weeks through December hashing this out. And if the secretary's uh, statement about these proposals or any indication, I don't think that discussions are going to go very well. Uh, Secretary Robert Wilkie said it's time for a reset in VA's approach to labor management relations. So we're going to be hearing about this for a while. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. Do we know anything about the status of bargaining at some other agencies? Well, we know that it's been contentious at the Social Security Administration. Over 150 House members, Democrats and Republicans, wrote to the SSA administrator saying, look, we think you guys need to reevaluate how you're approaching your bargaining with AFGE. 
We also know then that, that HHS and NTEU have really been struggling over the past year. And ultimately what happened there is the Federal Service impasses panel had to come in and rewrite a lot of the proposals. Many of them, NTEU says, go in favor of what HHS was proposing originally. And there's some disagreement there about what happens next. HHS says these are the lay of the land as of right now. And NTEU argues, actually, we still have some work to do on a few other articles. So no, they're not. NTEU is going to file a fifth legal challenge on this. They haven't had much success so far, so we'll see where this goes. But again, a lot of the proposals are similar to the ones that I mentioned at VA, and they're similar to what we heard that agencies were implementing when those executive orders were first announced. This is interesting because, as you reported earlier this week in the confirmation hearings for Dale Cabanis before the Senate subcommittee, they asked her specifically, would you uphold fully and without mental reservation, I'm paraphrasing, federal employees' rights to unionize and set up bargaining units? And she said she would. She would follow the statute. But the question is, if they form the unions, what good would it do anybody? And also how you read the statute. I think what a lot of the unions are arguing is just how these interactions are happening with agencies. They argue that agencies are negotiating in bad faith. They also say, and I've heard this from several federal employment attorneys as well, is that those executive orders, while at this point, you know, have largely been overturned and we'll see what the what the appeals court says about that. They say that the executive orders really just gave agencies an idea book for how to proceed. And so I think that's the struggle that we're going to continue to see in the coming months here. Well, on the good news side of the roster, I guess from the employee standpoint, we were at the Sammy's breakfast, the Service to America medals rollout of the finalists breakfast uh, yesterday at the uh, Senate Hart office building. And uh, what was your takeaway from that event? A lot of really, I, I think, heartfelt speeches from one, Secretary Robert Wilkie uh, with the Veterans Affairs Department. We also heard from Wilbur Ross, uh, who said he recognized you know, the work that his employees have done, kind of bragged about the the commerce finalists. We also heard from Senator James Lankford, who I think mentioned some of the challenges that federal employees have been going through over the past year. Yes, I was surprised that Lankford was impassioned almost in his saying to the federal employees assembled and some of their managers that no matter what the arguments are between Republicans and Democrats in the Senate and the House, he said, none of us feel badly toward you, Mm -hmm. speaking to the employees. Y'all have had a tough year. With the shutdown and with the noise and with all that's going on and to be able to see folks on focus, on point, serving our neighbors is a remarkable gift to the country. Thank you for doing that. Maggie Hassan and I actually have a bill that she and I are working on together to end government shutdowns. I know that would be quite (laughs) un-American. But we're going to try it anyway uh, and to see if we can actually get to a point where we have a bipartisan agreement to try to figure out how we manage through our difficulties, uh, how we have our arguments up here, but they hold federal workers harmless in the process and the American people harmless in the process. That's Senator James Langford. He leads a subcommittee on the Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs uh, Committee and has really been, I think, really interested in the issues of federal management and federal employee issues. 
Yes, well, I think he expressed it well, and it's the same thing that Wilbur Ross, the Secretary of Commerce, said when he gave his remarks at the breakfast. He said simply that a successful nation needs a successful government. You can argue over the size and scope, but whatever government there is should be good. And I think that's what everybody agreed on. And later this hour, we'll hear from Max Steyer of the Partnership for Public Service. He'll have a lot more detail about this year's Sammy's finalists. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco, thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. And be sure to read her coverage at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, Always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. 